Good morning, everyone. We're going to continue our topic of Muksab, an introduction to the halachas and the basics of the laws of Muksa. There is a Mishnah that we started last week, the first Mishnah Masech the Beitzah, Beitzah Shinolda Biyamtav, an egg that's laid on Yamtav. Chicken lays an egg on Yamtav. So, uh, Beishame says you're allowed to eat that egg, and Beishame says that egg is off limits, one is not allowed to eat the egg. You'll notice that the Mishnah does not talk about moving the egg. Usually when we grew up, we're always told, don't move that thing, don't touch that thing, it's muksa. So here the Mishnah doesn't deal with moving it, it deals with actually eating the egg. We'll have to discuss why we focus on the eating as opposed to the moving. The Gemara says, uh, the Gemara is not, is unclear, is unsure about what the Mishnah is referring to, what type of chicken laid this egg. So the Mishnah says, the Gemara says, the Mayaskinon, what type of chicken are we talking about? And there's two types of chickens, apparently. We're going to learn in a moment there are three types of chickens. Two types of chickens, two types of eggs, which makes three types of chickens. I'll explain in a second. <clears throat> so the Gemara says there's one type of chicken that one um, is setting aside in order to eat it. Now, you'll let a shecht, a chicken on yamtiv. Nowadays, we don't really shecht on yamtiv. Even people who shecht don't shecht on yamtiv because in those days, there was no refrigeration. So the, uh, the way to get the best type of meat is to shecht it. Uh, you know, right before you would eat it. You'd shecht it, you'd do uh, salting, or you'd roast it. You wouldn't have to salt it at all, and you'd have the meat. Nowadays, it's not so common. We usually don't shecht something right before we eat it. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll shecht it a day or two, or a week, or a month. I don't know how uh, before, when we go into the one of the stores and buy the meat, I don't know how long, um, how much early those chickens or those cows were shechted. But either way, it's since it's Efshar, it's very possible to shecht something, Erev Yomtev, and it's still to stay fresh. So therefore, we, we, we assume that we're not allowed to shecht on Yom today. That's what we assume. But either way, those days for sure, chicken that's only lachila, so at Yom so the whole Yom it's very possible that you're going to shecht this chicken. So the chicken is able to be in itself. So the chicken's not muksa, and the egg that comes from the chicken is also not muksa. If a person has a chala, so you let it eat the chala on Shabbos. If you cut off a piece of the chala, so we don't, so that's part of the chala. It's part of the food. So if the chicken's considered food, since it's roi, you can shecht it. So, so too, the egg that comes from the chicken is also roi l'achila, is also able to be eaten. It's not a problem. So if the chicken lays an egg, if, if an egg is laid from a chicken that's omedes l'achila, the Gemara assumes no one would have a problem being able to eat that egg. Nobody would have such a problem. It's just, it's part of the chicken. And the chicken is omedes l'achila. On, on, Sha, on Shabbos, one is not allowed to move, um, one is not allowed to move raw food. Why can you not move raw food? Because raw food is... Not omedes lachila. It's it's muksa. Why is it muksa? Because there's no way to make raw food edible. Now, if you have raw fish, so raw fish you can move because raw fish is edible. But something that's not edible, so that you can't move, you can't eat, and you can't. We'll talk about moving. You can't eat that. Now, how can you can't eat it anyway? See, so therefore, because you can't eat it, we'll have to explain. Therefore, you can't move it. So raw food on Shabbos is muksa, but raw food on Yom is not muksa because the raw food can be cooked and baked. And roasted on yamtiv. So therefore the raw food is not muksa yamtiv. So the chicken, even though it's alive, it is omedes l'achila. You're planning to eat it. I don't know if you'll eat it today, you'll eat it tomorrow, but it's omedes l'achila. Therefore the chicken is considered food, and therefore the egg that comes from that chicken is considered food. That's the beginning of the Gemara. Why would Beis Hillel say that you're not allowed to eat the food? You're not allowed to eat the egg that comes out of a chicken that's omedes l'achila. That's part of the chicken, and the chicken's royal achila, so the egg's royal achila. That's what the Gemara calls ochla de ifrasu. It's just an extension of the food itself. However, however, but tanagalos omedes lagadabetsim, it must be that we're talking about a chicken that's not omedes lachila. You're not planning to eat the chicken. 
So what do you do with a chicken if you're not planning to eat with it? What do you mean? I plan to use the chicken to lay eggs. It's an egg chicken as opposed to a food chicken. I'm not going to shack the chicken. This chicken is much, worth much more to me if I use it for its eggs than if I use it for its for its meat or for its chicken, for, for its, to eat it. I'd rather have it to lay eggs. It's a big fat chicken. It lays a lot of eggs. I'd rather have it as an egg chicken as opposed to a food chicken. So an egg chicken, well, that's not really omedes lachila. That's not omedes lachila. So the Gemara now introduces a machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda about the following situation. If something is not omedes lachila from before Shabbos or before Yom Tov, then you cannot eat that item on Shabbos or Yom Tov, even if now you change your mind and decide to eat it. Change your mind and decide to eat it. Since it was not Roy Lachila, or not Omedes it was Roy Lachila, but it wasn't Omedes Lachila from before and the beginning of Shabbos. So therefore, even though later I want to change my mind, the Gemara says that's called Muksahu. That's called Muksah. Since at the beginning of Shabbos, it was not Omedes Lachila, it was Omedes Legado Beitzim, I can no, I can't on Shabbos then change my mind and say that I want to be able to eat that. That's called muksa. And not only that, but, but now it's omedes lachila. So there's a concept. If it was muksa at ben hashmoshos, if it was not omedes lachila, it was omedes legado beitzim at ben hashmoshos, it remains muksa the entire day. Even if later you want to change your mind, you cannot. That's called muksa. So the Gemara is surprised. The Gemara is surprised. Wait a minute. If it's omedes lachila, then you should be able to eat the chicken and the egg. If it's not omedes lachila, then why would anyone say that you can eat the chicken and the egg? You shouldn't be able to eat anything, right? Now, let's understand that for a second. If you have a chicken that's not meant to be eaten, it's for if it's legado beitzen, it's meant to lay eggs. So the chicken, we understand, is not omedes lachila. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, its purpose is not for us to shech this chicken. We're going to hope, we'll, we'll leave this chicken until its very last day, its ability. As long as it lays eggs, we're not going to shech the chicken. So, medes legado beitzim. That's called muksahi. I'm not planning, it's not omedes to be used on Shabbos or used on Yom Tov. Another way to say it is it hasn't been prepared for Shabbos and Yom Tov. If you ask the person beforehand, you think you're going to eat this chicken? He'd say, no, this is not my food chicken. The food chicken's over there. That's that coop. This coop is my egg chickens. There's no way that I'm going to eat this chicken. Let me get to eat this chicken. So now the question is, the Gemara says, oh, so maybe that itself is a machlokas. It's a machlokas of Shimon Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, if something before Shabbos is not prepared by the person, then you don't have to actually stand up and say, I'm going to eat this kugel on Shabbos. But if it's in your fridge and you bought it before Shabbos, and it's a medis lachila, that's what kugels are for, they're a medis lachila, then I can eat the kugel on Shabbos. But the Gemara says, but if I own the grocery store, and you asked me before Shabbos, by the way, are you plan- would you, are you, would you go to the grocery and pull out food for your Shabbos on Shabbos from the grocery store? The answer is, no, no, that's not food for, for my eating. That's food for other people. That's food for business. That's what we call Tamri de Iska. Tamri de Iska, so the Gemara says, that's a machlokas from Shimon Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, if you ask the person beforehand, are you going to eat this? And he would say, no, it's for my business. That's called muksa. You can't eat it the whole Shabbos. Even if he changes his mind, it wasn't on Meres Lachila, the whole Shabbos it remains. Not on Meres Lachila, it's muksa. You can't eat it on Shabbos. Reb Shimon says, less little muksa. Even if you would ask the person beforehand, uh, would you eat this on Shabbos? He goes, I would eat it in theory, but I'm not planning to eat it, and we'd ask Rav Shimon, but is it possible that the food can be eaten? I mean, is it, po- can the food, if you ask the food, is the food itself Omedes Lachila? 
So the answer is, yeah, yeah, the food's not I mean, it's possible that the food could be eaten. Uh, the gavra, the bailem, the people who own it, the person doesn't plan to eat it. But the food itself, theoretically, could be eaten. Rabbi Shemin says, as long as the food itself could be eaten, then uh, it's not a problem. So he holds that the food that's in the grocery store, the grocer can come on Shabbos and take the food because he does not hold of muksa. That's what the Gemara says, Reb Shimon's less level muksa. It's only this type of muksa, something that's not prepared from before Shabbos. So Reb Shimon says, and Reb says, if it's not prepared before Shabbos, you can't eat it on Shabbos. Reb Shimon says, I agree with you that if it's not prepared before Shabbos, you can't eat it on Shabbos, but I don't, I hold, you don't have to actually ask the person if he would eat it, the food itself, you look at the food, you'd say, could it be eaten? You'd say, yes, then it could be eaten. For example, if there was something that was absolutely not royal, it was, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's such a thing. If there was something that was ate a royal achila cloud before Shabbos, maybe something that was, um, maybe raw before Shabbos, maybe something that was not food and somehow there's a chemical reaction that becomes food on Shabbos. So then if you look at the food before, you look at this item before Shabbos, you'd say, can this be eaten? You'd say, no, it's not food. Then, even Reb Shimon agrees that uh, you would not be able to eat that on Shabbos. So they both require some level of preparation from before Shabbos. The question, what level of preparation? Yehuda says you need preparation from the Gavri. You have to ask him, would you eat it? You'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would eat it. Tamri de Iska? I, I, would, I wouldn't eat. So the Tamri de Iska, the food that's held in the grocery store, that I would not eat. The Yehuda holds that's a problem. Reb Shimon holds that's not a problem. So the Gemara says as follows. If we're talking about a Tarnagolis, so Medes Legado Beitzim, where if you ask the Gavra, are you going to eat this chicken? He would say no. The Buddha says, then you can't eat the chicken. Rabbi Shimon says, you can't eat the chicken. Why? It's a medicine God basin, but the chicken itself is royal achila. So therefore, if on Shabbos you change your mind, no problem. That's what it means, Rabbi Shimon, less lehumuksa. The question is as follows. We're not talking about the chicken. What are we talking about here? The egg. So this is what Doug came over last week, and I said as follows. Because during this year we were saying, yeah, so why is the egg a problem? The chicken's a problem. Why is the egg a problem? Behold of muksa, why is the egg a problem? So the egg's a problem because the chicken's a problem. What do you mean? Don't, don't give me this. Why, I'm asking you a question. Why is the egg a problem? Because the chicken's a problem. But we're not talking about the chicken. We're talking about the egg. Why should the egg be a problem just because the chicken's a problem? The answer is... The answer is why? Because since it comes from something that's a problem, it is a problem. That's what we learn from the Pasuk. Basayana, one of the 24 birds that is from the Ophos Hatmeim, that the, the Torah itself says, and not only can you not eat the ostrich, you can't eat the chick or the egg that comes from the ostrich. Ostriches lay eggs too. Very large eggs, they lay eggs too. So you can't eat the ostrich, but, but that's, the ostrich is strafe. Birds are, there are 24 birds that are trafe. What about their eggs? The eggs are also trafe. Why the eggs trafe? Yod min ha'asr, asr. That which comes from something that's asr is asr. So we suggested, and this is not just a suggestion, this is what the Ramban holds. I think the Ramban holds like this. The Ran holds like this. Well, well no, the Ramban holds like this. The Ramban holds that the same way you say yod min ha'asr, asr, like something that's trafe, you say yod min ha'moksa, moksa. Since the chicken is not royal achilots, omeres lagadobetsim, the egg, even though the egg, I actually want to eat the egg, that's omeres lagadobetsim. You can't say it's not omeres lachilot. My mind is on the egg, it's not on the chicken, but it is on the egg. It's a chicken omeres lagadobetsim. So how can you say the betsim are a problem? They are omeres lachilot. The answer is, it's true. The eggs are omeres lachilot. But since they come from something that's a problem, it too is a problem. That's known as yodse min ha 
Muksa. If it comes from Muksa, it is Muksa. This is what we suggested later. Doug came over and says, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Self goes off. If you ask the person, ask the person before Shabbos, ask the person before Yom Tif, listen, are you going to eat the chicken? He'd say, no. Chicken's Muksa. Are you going to eat the eggs? Yes. I'm going to eat the eggs. The eggs are going to be laid and I'm going to eat the eggs. So, you, so then the eggs should be okay. The eggs should be okay because my mind is on the eggs. So I was fighting with Doug. Yeah, it's true the eggs are okay. But we have another concept of Yotzim and Amuksa Muksa. Just because your mind is on the eggs, if it comes from a chicken that's a problem, then it is a problem. To give another example. Give another example. What? <clears throat> it is a Dovash So? That's, that, that's the Why can't eat a Dovash So maybe you could say, you can have intent from today till tomorrow. If it's not here, your intent is meaningless. That's what we call nola, that's the Ran's position. The Ran holds, the, it's another reason. Not because of Yotzi Muksa Muksa. Because of another reason. Yotzi Muksa Muksa means if the chicken is Muksa, the egg is Muksa. Warren is suggesting like the Ran, no, the reason why it's a problem is because you can stand on your head and whistle Dixie. Anybody hear that line? My mom always tell me that. You can stand on your head and whistle Dixie, it doesn't matter, right? So you can stand on your head and whistle Dixie. You can have in mind the egg. If the egg is not here, your intent makes no difference. And therefore, because the egg now comes into the world, when the Mishnah says, how can you eat the egg if it's a time to go, that's all menace to God, obeys him, muksahu. So we said, we're talking about the, we're talking about the egg, not the, not the, not the chicken. We're talking about the egg. So according to what we said originally, yeah, we're talking about the chicken, muksahu, but what about the egg? Since the chicken's muksa, the egg is muksa. The Ran says, when it says muksahu, it really means nolad. You can't, your mind is on the egg, but it doesn't matter because that intent makes no difference because as long as the egg is not here, the intent is not worth anything, that's called nolad. So when the Mishnah says, when the Gemara says muksa, it really means nolad. However, the Balamor holds like Doug. I mentioned this last week to you, the Balamor holds, Balamor holds no. No. Matter of fact, if you have a chicken that's omedis legado beitzen, its purpose is to lay eggs. You can't eat the chicken, you can't eat the eggs. That's very nice, but it's against the Gemara. The Gemara says, why can I not eat the egg? The Gemara says, if, you, if it's a chicken that's meant to lay eggs, then you can't eat... We're talking about the egg. We're not talking about the chicken. Beitzen, no, the beyomtev, you can't eat. And Rebbe Beishel says, you can't eat. Beishamai says, you Beishamai says you can't eat, Beishel says you can't eat. Gemara says, wait a minute. If you don't want a chicken that's on Medesagado Beitzim, then how could you possibly eat the egg? How could you possibly eat the egg? Balmor says you can eat the egg. But the Gemara says, if it's on Medesagado Beitzim, you can't eat the egg. So the Balmor says as follows. And then we'll take a few questions. We'll take a few questions. But first let's get through this. The Balmor on the second page. And the second Maramakam writes as follows. You know what the Mishra's talking about? You know when it's a problem to eat the egg? When it comes from a chicken that's meant to lay eggs? A chicken can be meant to lay two types of eggs. What two types of eggs can it be meant to be laid? There's one type of egg that's going to be eaten. You can make scrambled eggs. And there's one type of egg which is going to raise other chicks to then probably lay eggs to raise other chicks and so on and so forth. So this person starts with a few chickens. And in five years, he wants to have, you know, 50,000 chickens. How's he going to do that? Well, he's not going to make scrambled eggs too much. He's going to keep, you know, reproducing, you know, reproducing them. So, so, so the Balmor says, when the Mishnah says, a beyond you can't eat because the chicken's muksa. It's a chicken that's muksa, that's omedes legado beitzim, which is lahotzi mehem for them to then have chicks. That you can, they, oh, on Shabbos you say, you know what, uh, I, it didn't become a chick. It was a medicine God that made him to have chicks. And this one, did, it didn't become a chick. It became a regular egg. 
I want to change my mother. I want to eat that chick. So Mishnah says, no. If it's a medicine, God will bait him for Ephrochim. That's Moksa. Because that whole, you go, get onto the whole, that's not Omedis Lachila. It's a medicine Ephrochim. So it's just like the chicken is not on Medeslachila. The eggs are also not on Medeslachila. That's why I can't eat the eggs. But if I had a chicken that was on Medes for eggs, but my mind was on those eggs to make scrambled eggs on Yomtev, well then of course I can eat those eggs. So it comes out, the Balamor disagrees with the original assumption. The original assumption was, Yotzimena I don't care if this egg is on Medeslachila. I don't care if my mind is on the egg. If it comes from a chicken that's muksa, the egg is muksa. And the Balmor holds, what are you talking about? You know, there's no such thing as Yotzimena muksa muksa. There's Yotzimena Asarasa by something that's trafe. Why when something's that strafe is it, that something that's strafe, it's inherently a problem. Whatever comes out of that is inherently, a, is also a problem. But if muksa is not inherently a problem, what's the problem? I didn't prepare it from before Shabbos. So you didn't prepare, you know, if it's only, a, a, if the halakha of why you can't have something is man-made because you didn't prepare it, what comes out of that is not a problem. Only something that's inherently a problem, anything that it gives birth to, anything that comes out of that is a problem. But you don't say, yo, simon muksa muksa according to the Balamor. And therefore, according to the Balamor, you could take a, a, a goat on Shabbos, on Shabbos, milk the goat. You're not allowed to, are you allowed to milk a goat on Shabbos? Yes. You are? Yes. How? Okay, okay, but what, and what about, and what about the, right, that's true, okay, okay, let's say, let's say, let's say you milked it Friday, and they say there's no time, Alechayim, one day? You can wait one day, you tell them you can wait, listen, it could be not, if you have a big fat cow with the udders, that are, maybe one day, I don't know, I could be wrong. You can't? How do you know? People go with their hands, or they have machines, they have all these systems, grumma, so much, they they had Goyim milking the cows. Originally, when they first started, they had Goyim milking the cows. Jews were not milking the cows. I remember too. From Jews were not milking the cows. So I'm saying, Tsar Bala Chaim. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Are you allowed to be, are you allowed to violate an Isra Daraisa for Tsar Bala Chaim? It is an Isra Daraisa. Milking is an Isra Daraisa. What was the That's a good question. I ask you, what's the Isra of milking? What? Extracting. What's the use of extracting? Who? Extracting. Extracting. English word. English. It's the malach of mifarek. And what's the malach of mifarek? What is, that's not one of the 39. What does that fall under? Who? Threshing. And how do you say threshing? Uh, we have to review this. Almost malach al-arvam chasarachas. Hacharish hazorei hakotia ma'amer vehadosh. Dosh is threshing. Threshing is you have a kernel that's inside the straw, that's inside the chaff, and I take something and I smash it, and I pull out the kernel, I extract the kernel. That's called dosh. That's an isidaraisa. The Gemara says very clearly on Daftadi Hay in Shabbos. Take a look. Hacholev chayiv. Chayiv means chayiv. Chatos mishum mefarek. What's mefarek? Releasing. Every time you have the term pay resh in all of Lush and Kodesh, it always means to release, to break something. Like a pre comes off the tree. Lefarek is to, to take something off of what it's attached to. Right? Paravarava is to reproduce, to give birth. There's many, many such examples. Even, even when one goes to the bathroom, it's called peresh. Pay resh for some reason is that which is extracted from its source. Very interesting. 
So mefarek means, and it's an isadoraisa of dosh. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not suggesting that anyone's grandmother did anything wrong. Chas v'shalom. That's not the purpose here. It's not the purpose here. But from Tzab Chaim, you can tell a guy to do something for you. That you're allowed to do. But in Issa Daraisa for Tzab Chaim, you can't do it. That's, that's clear. You can't do an Issa Daraisa for Tzab Chaim. So how did we, how did they do it? Maybe what they did is you milk the cow. Dosh is only when I want to use that which I'm attracting. If I milk the cow onto the ground and it goes to waste, then that's only Issa Daraisa. Maybe that's allowed for Tzab Chaim. Maybe that's what happened. You don't know. Is there anyone to ask? Around still? Great grandmother. Okay, you have to ask. We have to figure that out. We have to make some calls after the shear. So, so are you allowed to milk a cow on Shabbos? The answer is no. It's mefarek. It's dash. But the truth is, the Gemara says you can. But not because of Sarbal Echayim, but there's a way to do it. What's dash? What's dash? You're taking a liquid, you're taking a liquid, right? Let's say you have a, let's say you have a lemon. If you have a lemon, you take a, you extract the liquid from the salad, from the fruit. But you know, you are allowed to squeeze a lemon, not into a cup, not into a drink, but into food. Why? Because mashka habala ochel ka That which comes out of something that's a food, into another food, it doesn't, we, we consider that, that liquid as if it's a food also. Sometimes you have to have a liquid, which is a food. It's not. A, it's not a. It could be that it's loose. It could be that it's a liquid, but it's still considered an ochel, not a mashke. An ochel, not a mashke. When one eats, you go to a wedding. They give you a, you know, a cup of soup. Is that a food or is that a drink? It's hard to. It's hard to know. Generally, you eat a soup out of a eat vegetable soup out of a. Even if it's a clear vegetable soup, you eat it out of a bowl. That's not. That's my supper. That's not my drink. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not drinking vegetable soup after I play basketball, right? I'm not playing any basketball now for a while anyway. Maybe the rest of it, I think I'm done with that. But you know, you know, right? Because that's a food, not a drink. So when the lemon juice comes out of the lemon into the food, into my fish, that's called not, it's not dush. So the Gemara says, you can milk an, a goat into food, but not into a cup. That's what the Gemara says. Therefore, you've gotten out of the problem of dush. And we've solved the problem of Tzav Balechaim. So everybody wins. But the, what about muksa? What about muksa? So the Gemara says, oh, maybe we're talking about an, a goat that's omedes l'achila. If it's omedes l'achila, we already said before, if it's a tarnagolus, which is omedes l'achila, the egg is kosher. The egg is not muksa. So if it's an ace that's omedes l'achila, then the ace, then the, the milk that comes out of it is 100% okay. It's not a muksa problem. So the Balamor says, forget about that. Even if it's a goat that's omedes legadol, Sorry, not a menace like on the basin. Goats don't lay eggs. But even if it's a goat that's a menace for, for chalav, it's a, it's a milk goat. It's not meant to be. And so it's like a menace like It's meant to be milk. That's the purpose of this goat. So that means the, the goat is muksa. So then the milk should be muksa. I shouldn't be able to drink the milk. The answer is, the Valmore says, you don't say yotzim and muksa, muksa. Why? Because the goat is not inherently a problem. You've made it a problem because you decided to use it for milk. To, next week you can change it. I can say now the, now the goat is, is for food. Now I'm going to shack the goat. Sorry, Charlie, but I have to shack you now. I need you for my family. So since it's not inherently a problem, what comes out of the muks is not a muks, not muksa. So that's why the Balmor and, and the Rifters agrees. He says, no, the Gemara when it says you can milk a goat, it's talking about yomtiv. A yomtiv is a, a yomtiv, a yomtiv, 
So let's say Yamtiv is a problem also. So notice it's only on Yamtiv when the goat is on Medis Lachila. Then I can milk the goat. But if it's on Yamtiv when it's on Medis Lachalav, or if it's on Shabbos, why Shabbos? Shabbos doesn't matter if it's on Medis Lachila or not. You can't shech the goat. It's not Roy Lachila on Shabbos. Why? Because you can't shech goats on Shabbos. You can't shech anything on Shabbos. So the milk comes out of it. It's a problem according to the Rift. The Bible says, no, it's not a problem. You don't say, the goat you can't use on Shabbos. The goat you can't use on Yom Tov because it's on Medis Lachalav if you hold up Muksa, because it's not on Medis Lachila. But the milk that comes out of it is not a problem because you don't say, what about the Gemara that says you can't eat eggs that come from a Tarnagolish which is on Medis Lagadol Beitzim? That's only eggs that are omedis for what? For chicks. But if it's omedis for scrambled eggs, then you can eat the eggs. So it comes out that there's a machlokas, whether you say yotzi mena moksa moksa. Yes, Warren. How specific does your have to be? You go and buy a bunch of chickens. I know that I want to eat one chicken. I don't want to designate which chicken it is. Can I now eat the eggs for all the chickens? The eggs, the, from the egg, from the egg side, let's talk about the chickens itself. According to the other all right. There's a, there's a mission on Daf Yud in, in Beitza that has that if you have a number of chicks, I have to actually pick one up. I have to shake it a little bit. I have to point to it. If you hold of muksa, it's not just a tent; it's an actual. If you have many together and you only want one or two, then you may have to pick them out. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But that being said, most of these things are all madness by themselves. Like, you don't have to actually say anything. Again, the stuff that's in your fridge is a, is a madness. Lachila. <laughs> you don't have to go and say, I'm going to eat the potato chips, I'm not going to eat the potato sticks. I'm going to eat the jelly rings, but I'm not going to eat the Bartons. I'm going to say that for Chalamite. You don't have to do that. You have to say the stuff that's in my pantry and the stuff that's in my fridge is a madness. Lachila. I mean, that's what it's there for. Right? Uh, there's something in the basement that was over there and I'm saving it for, 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 for the big party that's happening in six months. And it's in a box. That could be, that's like Tamri de Iska. That's like stuff in the grocery. That could be a problem if you hold the muksa. If you hold it, you really need hachanas habaylum. Okay? That's what we're up to so far. Any other questions there? Yeah, I don't really understand as far as muksa. I understand by something that's kosher. The is that kosher. So you can't have something that's that kosher. You can do something that's kosher, but when it comes to muksa, it's a temporary state where the animal that's that's Doug Sara. That's Doug Sara, yeah. So you want to understand what's the what's the Svara of the other? It's a good question. Just because something's a problem means that anything that comes out of it is a problem? It sounds like a decent Svara. It's not like such a doesn't sound like that's the svar. Yosimina Asarasa doesn't just apply to those things that are inherently a problem. It applies to things that are a problem. That are a problem. Anything that's a problem, at the time that it's a problem, if it gives birth, if it produces something, that's a problem. That produces something, it becomes uh, like itself. It takes on that identity. So why is it a problem? Because it has no use. But if your intention is to use what comes out of it... That's, 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 that, that could be. That could be that. That's exactly why Doug was, was, uh, was upset after the shear, which, and that's exactly what the Balamor holds. You're right. So you said that an animal that is a kosher animal that yes. has a similar trait in it, that then has an offspring... You cannot eat that also because it comes from a trefa. An eagle shenolam and ha trefa. Can you eat an eagle and ha trefa? Do you say yotzim and ha osir by a trefa? If you hold yotzim and ha muksa, muksa, then you certainly would say it by trefa. You would. But say, if you hold yotzim and ha muksa, muksa, hard to argue that trefa is better than muksa. If you don't hold yotzim and ha muksa, muksa, then we have a question. Is trefa something that's inherently a problem? How inherent does it have to be? 
It's a min that's kosher, but it happens to be that this animal has a problem with it. It's a good question. It's a good question. I think it is a problem. It might be. I think it is a problem, but we'll have to. We'll have to yeah. Says that's also true. That's also true. But the Gemara on Davav and Beitzah talks about an eagle chenola minatreifa. So that's also not. You don't have to figure that out. I'm not sure if that's Mitzias wise true. There's certain um, diseases or certain injuries that an animal has that render it a treifa, and it seems like they probably can still have uh, babies. So we have to figure. Have to work on the Mitzias. Let's talk about one other very, very important point. Let's just review again, because this is, this is like the basis of like the homosechta. You know, the homos, of the, at least the whole sugi of muksa. The whole sugi of muksa and the whole, you know, the homosechta Shabbos that deals with muksa is this yisod. What's the yisod again? Something that's not prepared from before Shabbos or before yamtiv cannot be eaten or used on Shabbos and yamtiv. One more time. Something that's not prepared from before Shabbos or yamtiv cannot be eaten or used on Shabbos or yamtiv. Next point. How prepared does it have to be? Rabbi Huda says, it has to be prepared. The Gavra has to, you have to ask him, would you use it? He'd say, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Possibly. I, I can't tell you 100%, but it's in my fridge. It's in, it's in my pantry. Rabbi Shimon says, you don't need such a high level hachana. You don't have to prepare so much. If it could be, if, if you look at the item, you'd say, could this be eaten? You'd say, yeah, it could be eaten. Do you plant eat it? No, but it could be eaten. That's how Rav Soloveitchik explained the machalkas of Shimna Behuda. Rav Shechta says this all the time, writes this in the Sefer as well. They're not arguing about whether you need hachana, they're arguing about what the level of hachana is. But the Rav explained, of course you need someone to be prepared from before Shabbos and Yamtiv to use it on Shabbos and Yamtiv. What type of preparation? Rabbi Yehuda holds, you need hachanas habgavra. And you tell me, what is Rav Shimon Do you need hachanas habgavra? That's the whole sugya. You can break the whole thing down to four words. means you ask the person, oh, I have to prepare the person. The gavra has to prepare it. You have to ask him, would you use it? He'd say, yeah, maybe, I don't know, possibly. It's in my fridge, it's in my pantry. That's why I bought it. That's why I went to the store Friday to buy the food. I have to stand and send the shem yichud kudshabrichu, I have to give a whole bracha. That's prepared. And Rav Shimon says, you don't have to prepare it. You know, the item itself is prepared. Item itself. Give you an example. The Gemara says, if you have a leichter, not candles, you're using, I don't know, olive oil. Olive oil. Canola oil. Olive oil. Using oil. And you light it before Shabbos. Light before Shabbos. Why lighting before Shabbos? That's the mitzvah. Lachas never Shabbos, right? So, come Shabbos, and by Shabbos morning, the light is out. The light is out. And uh, I look in my drawer, and I realize I don't have any oil for my salad. I used up all the oil. So where am I going to find oil? Where am I going to find oil? Well, I look in the lighter and I said, there's a whole bunch of leftover oil. So I take the oil from the lighter and I pour it into the salad. Can you do such a thing or not? That's the Gemara that says, Moser HaShemen, the leftover Shemen, Shebener, the Shebekara, it's in the lighter, can you use that on Shabbos? What? So there's a Machlokas, guess who? Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shemen. Rabbi Yehuda says you can't use it, Shemen says you can use it. Let's explain that Machlokas. Rabbi Yehuda holds at Ben Hashmashus, which is what is Koveya, whether it's Muksa or not for the rest of the day. Ben Hashmashus. If you ask the person, are you planning to use it? It's very important. He'd say, I don't know, maybe. So Rabbi Yehuda should say it's a problem. But Rabbi Yehuda holds as follows. Listen. At Ben Hashmashus, could you use it? No. Why can I not use it, Ben Hashmashus? Why can I not use it at the beginning of Shabbos? Because it's lighting. So I can't use the flame. 
Why? Because you can't use a flame on Shabbos and you can't put out the flame. So if I can't use the flame, what does it have to do with the oil? What's the answer? New concept. The oil is a foundation to the problem. The, 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 the oil is not moksa. The flame is moksa. So the flame is moksa. The thing that holds the flame, the glass is moksa. The oil is moksa. The leichter is moksa. The table in which the leichter is on is moksa. The tray is moksa. The floor is moksa. Everything's moksa. Why? Because everything's a bus. It's a Everything's a bus. So... At Ben Hashemashos, you couldn't use it. So if you could stand on your head and whistle Dixie, right? It doesn't matter. You know why? Because it doesn't matter that you say, I'm preparing this, I'm preparing this. If you can't use it at Ben Hashemashos, then your preparation is basically ineffective and useless. So therefore, Ben Rebihuda says, since the Gavra can't prepare it at Ben Hashemashos, even if he wants to, so even if it goes out, and the light will go out in four hours, the light will go out, Shabbos morning, you cannot use that you cannot use that. Um, you cannot use that oil. Not only cannot use that oil, but because it's a bosses when it was lighting, it's a bosses now too. It remains in the same state that it was in a banish mushrooms. So that's why I cannot move the life. The lights are out. I cannot move the life there on Shabbos. You can't move your life there on Shabbos. Why not? Why not? The reason why is because at banish mushrooms, it was a bosses to the flame, and the flame is a problem. On Yomtiv, can you use the? Can you move the life there? Of course, you can move the life there. Why not? I mean, why can't you move the lighter? Because the flame is not muksa on yomtif. Because you can use the flame on yomtif. You, you can't put it out, but you can take it, you can transfer it, you can light another candle from it. So the lighter is not a buses on yomtif, but it is a buses on Shabbos. So I have a, some people that have a separate place where they have their lighter. But growing up, if you recall, many of us had the lighters on the table. <coughs> but now I want to put the chulant where the lighter is. And I can't move the lighter. So what are you supposed to do? Put the shoulder next to the lighter. <laughs> Not a big deal. You can't do it, you can't do it. Or what I can do is I can create something called the buses, the Dabar Asr, and the Dabar Hamotr. So the, I'm not going to move the lighter, I'll move the tray. The tray has the lighter on it, which has the oil on it, which has the flame before Shabbos. So the whole thing is a buses. I take my challah and I put it on the tray, Benash Mashas. So now the whole thing is a, the tray is a buses for the Asr and for the Motor. Then I can move it. That's, that's the halach. So, but Rabbi Shimon says, but Rabbi Huda for sure says, that the oil, you didn't have anything that was mutter in the oil. The oil was a buses to the flame. So the oil you can't use even after the flame goes out. Rabbi Shimon says, after the flame goes out, you can use the oil. Why? Why? Because at Benash Mashos, we don't care what the Gavra, whether he can use it or not. We'll look at the oil, we'll say, is this oil right to be used on Shabbos? We'll say, yeah, in about four hours after the flame goes out, you can use the oil. So there's Acharas HaChefta without Acharas HaGavra. So you can use most of Hashem and Shabbat. Rabbi says it's Asr, Rabbi Shimon says it's Mutter. That's the, that's, the, that's the constant Machlokas that appears and reappears. If something is... The oil, not prepared properly from before Shabbos and Yom Tif, you cannot eat it or use it on Shabbos and Yom Tif. That's the halacha. Rabbi Huda says, what do I mean to prepare something? Hachonah Gavra. Rabbi Shimon says, what do I need to prepare something? Hachonah Sa'chevza. But you need a hachonah to use, it on, to use it or to eat it on Shabbos and Yom Tif. Now listen to this. After we learn this, it sounds pretty good, right? The Gemara makes sense now. We can work. We've machoz yotzim and moksa moksa, Right? The Gemara on Davches is talking about cooking in an oven on Yom Tif. You're allowed to cook in an oven on Yom Tif? Of course you can. So how, what do you do? We cook on You take a tin, you put it in the oven, and then you finish, you take it out. Those days, it was ash, there were coals inside the oven. And guess what happened? After you made your first dish, it was filled with 
schmutz in there. It was very hard to make the second dish. So what would you have to do? You'd have to take a broom or a shovel or something and clean it out. Clean it out. Clean it out, right? In order to be able to make your next dish. In order to, pe- in order to put the bread on the wall of the oven, you have to make sure it was going to get schmutzy. So you basically you have to clean out the oven. What's the stuff in the oven? It's schmutz. It's coals. It's, it's black. So you clean it out. Can I clean it out on yomtif? Well, that stuff is muksa. Why is that muksa? So we said last week, we said last week, there's a whole separate aspect of muksa. Forget about preparation, something that's prepared, not prepared, Shema Yehuda. Forget about that. There's another halacha of muksa that says that something that is not a kli or an ochel, something that is what we call throros, offer, dirt, you can't, forget it, but that's about eating. You don't eat dirt. You don't eat sticks and stones. But you can't move muksa. Forget about eating and using. You can't move muksa. That's the muksa we grew up with. Don't touch this muksa, muksa. What, why can you not move muksa? You can't move muksa because it's a gzera the chazal made that you might end up carrying things out. People were very mizalzeled in Hilcha Shabbos in a certain period of time, specifically during Ezra and Nehemia, but even a little bit before during the time of Shlomo HaMelech. And Chazal, people, everything they have in their pockets, they're carrying out. And listen, you can't say everything's a problem. You can't say everything's a problem. So you know, if something that's not a kli, something that's not a food, you can't carry on Shabbos. So that became a problem. Tiltul muksa's atu hotza. So the Tosfos in Beit Zedavches says something fascinating, amazing. He says as follows. Because we, what we, this is what talking about. We, in France, right, what we're doing is we cook on Yom Tif before Yom Tif, something in the oven before Yom Tif. Then Yom Tif day, I want to, in the morning before I go to Shul, I want to put my food in the oven. I can't, there's all this coal there. You can't move it because it's muksa. You're allowed to sweep out the oven and move the muksa on Yom Tif. Why? For Ochel Nefesh. You're allowed to cook for Ochel Nefesh. You can move the muksa for Ochel Nefesh also. What is one thing? You can move muksa for Ochel Nefesh. You decide on Yom Tov to have a barbecue, to have a, um, to eat outside. You can eat on your deck outside, right? So you bring all the food outside, you have the pot, you know, is, the pot of cholent is there, and the kugel's there, everybody's very excited, right? And then the leaves off the tree start to fall, and it's, it's all over the table. It's all over the table. And then there's a wind, and the dirt comes, and it goes on the pot. And if I don't get that dirt off, I'm going to lift up the pot, and the dirt's going to fall into the, into the children. It's going to make it inedible, right? So, Tosfa says, you can just move the muksa away. You can move the muksa away with your hands. Why? Because you're allowed to move muksa for ochel nefesh. And not only, not only for ochel nefesh, you can move muksa for any purpose, for any yumptive type of purpose. That's what Tosfa says. If you take a look at the second page, right in the middle, Tosfos Beit Zedavches, Yim Tamar, Vianu Eich. He's asking, asking on his own. This is what we're doing. How how we ought to do this? We have this. You know, Tosfos is saying, listen, I have this minhag for many years, many generations. The Baba did this, and the Baba's Baba did this. You know, I have a masora already for, from 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 150 years already. That you're allowed to clean out the muksa from the oven on Yom Tov. But how? It's tilted muksa. You're not going to move muksa. Some type of fish dish. Is that, what is it? It's like a, maybe it's like a, um, like a pot pie or something. How can we bake the pashtida? What he's basically asking, how can you bake? How can you move the muksa to bake? It's, it's muksa, it's not right for anything. It's like what we call eighth in my bottom of the offer, it's schmutz. You can't move schmutz. They made it you can't move muksa. 
So we Oma Harav Yitzchak, listen to this. The Muksa Eino also letalta beyamta perachal nefesh. No problem to move Muksa perachal nefesh. Perachal nefesh you can move Muksa. Someone asked the big gigantic home run question on this Tosfos and Beitzah. There's a home. There's a question that's like home run, grand slam question. What's the grand slam question based on what we've learned so far? Why this Tosfos is very difficult to understand. You can move Muksa for Ochel Nefesh. Move muksa for Ochel Nefesh. Even though it's muksa, it's not a problem for Ochel Nefesh, it's allowed. What's the big question? We didn't learn that much. Only a few things that we learned. What's the big question? What? The egg. Beta should hold the beyamta. You hold the muksa, you can't eat the egg. It's like, you know, it says beta should hold the beyamta, if you hold the muksa, you can't eat the egg. Now we have this, you can move them, you can, muksa's okay for Ochel Nevesh, then why can't I eat the egg? That's a big, that's like such a, it's the most basic question that we can ask. Basic, basic question. So if the basic question, there should be a basic answer. Right? What's the basic answer? The basic answer is, that what? Exactly. What was that? I'll explain. The Marsha, Rashmul Eidlis, from 400 years ago, the great God, the Marsha, writes as follows. The Gemara says in Beit HaDaflam and Gimel, if I go outside, we have a tree, there were one of the storms that fell, a very, very large tree fell into, you know, half of it was in my yard, and most of it was in my neighbor's yard. So, you know, you call the tree guys, and, um, and uh, you know, you know what that costs. It's not, I figured I'd bring guy 50 bucks and remove the tree. You know, if it, yeah, 50 bucks... $1,500 plus $50 in order to move the tree. So I'm like, this is crazy. You know, but I have to get out of my neighbor's yard. So the next thing, what's the next best thing? You call your neighbor. So I call my neighbor, not that neighbor, a different neighbor. He comes in with a chainsaw. And uh, we're schlepping logs the whole day. We're schlepping logs. He cuts it up. We're schlepping logs. And then I wait for the, you know, for the, um, for, for the bulk day. And I ask him if I can take it. You know, and, and I'm sore for like three weeks. No problem. We got rid of the logs. I said, you know what? I'm going to keep three logs. I'm going to keep three logs. Why in the world would I want to keep three logs? I thought it would be cool. I can sit on them. We can, like, like, you know, like, a, like a camping type of thing. I can eat on them. I can sit on them. have a barbecue. Meanwhile, I never use them. They sat there. They got disgusting. There's worms. and, and uh, You know, you, you never use it, right? In a million years, I'm not using those logs. First of all, they're very heavy. It never worked out. But the Gemara actually talks about it. The Gemara says, can I use a log as a table on Yom Tif? Can I use a log as a table? Why not? A log is muksa. A log is muksa. So can, the Gemara says, you can't use the log as a table, or you can't sit on a log. You can't move the log and then sit on it as a table or as a chair on Yom Tif. Why not? Muksa. It's muksa. But it's for Ochel Nefesh. I'm, I'm using the log to eat on it. So the Marsha says as follows. You have to make a distinct... What? If you, right, if you would flatten it out a little bit, then you'd, you know, you'd write table on it. If you play, if you did something to it to make it a piece of furniture, then it'd be, these logs were not a piece of furniture. These, these were just old, disgusting, dirty logs. But you're right, you can, you can create, you can take a rock, and you can, you know, um, smooth it out a little bit, and then it becomes a doorstop. Now it's no longer mooks, and now it's a cleat. But that's not what we did. You can't use just a regular log. On Yom Tif, you can't do it. If it's a regular log and hasn't been made into furniture, you can't use it on Yom Tif. So the Marshal asks, but Tulsa said that you can move muksa for Ochel Nefesh. Now you tell me that I can't use the log for Ochel Nefesh? What's the difference? So he explains, based on the Chassam Sofer, you take a look at the last few 
um, lines, very important Chassam Sofer. He says when he learned Beitzah, in the Yishu, they used to ask the Chassam Sofer, is Beitzah a difficult Masechta to learn? He says it depends how you cook it. You know, so it depends how you cook the egg. You, you, every Masechta, if, if you cook it, you know, you can cook it soft-boiled, then it's easy. But if you, if you want to learn it well, then, then it's hard. Everything, everything's like that in life. So it depends how you cook it. So the Chassam Sofer in the Hagdama and the second Madura, the second publishing, says when we learn Yeshiva, and we learn the Beitzah and Yeshiva in Pressburg, so this is the Hagdama to the whole Masechta. And he explains as follows. There's two parts of Muksa. There's one aspect of Muksa, as we explain, that something that's not prepared before Shabbos and Yom Tov cannot be used or eaten on Shabbos and Yom Tov. That is not allowed for Ochel Nefesh. That is never allowed for Ochel Nefesh. For Ochel Nefesh, that's the whole point. If it's not prepared, then I can't eat it on Yom Tov. Yom Tov requires a Suda Chashuva. And what's a Suda Chashuva? It means you have to think about it. You have to prepare it before Shabbos and Yom Tov. Now, do I have to actually hachonas hagavra, hachonas hachevza? There has to be some, at least a minimal preparation for Shabbos. If it's not prepared for Shabbos and Yom Tov, I cannot use it and I cannot eat it. That's clear. That's what the Marsha says. However, there's a separate halacha. I'm not allowed to move muksa on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Why can I not move muksa on Shabbos? Nothing to do with preparation. I cannot move muksa. Why? Because we're afraid if you move it, you might carry it. So on that, Tosva says as follows. Carrying... But carrying itself is allowed for Ochel Nefesh. Carrying itself is allowed for Simchas Hayamtiv. So if the carrying is allowed for Simchas Hayamtiv and Ochel Nefesh, and you can't move Muksa only because you may come to carry, so A plus, it's obvious that you can move Muksa for Ochel Nefesh. So moving Muksa, which is only a problem that you might come to carry, so when you're allowed to carry, there's no problem with Muksa. When are you allowed to carry? On Yomtev. So moving Muksa, when it's allowed on Yomtev, I'm sorry, moving Muksa, when carrying's allowed on Yomtev, then you can move Muksa for that purpose. But using Muksa, eating Muksa, Beitzah Shanodav Yomtev, Tocha Lo Tocha, taking the log, I'm not moving the log, I'm using the log. Using the log, that you can't do on Yomtev. Even for Ochum Nefesh. Doesn't matter if it's nefesh. If it hasn't been properly prepared, you cannot use it for ochel nefesh. You can't use it for anything, and you can't eat it. That's the distinction. You can't eat the egg. You can't eat the chicken. Why? It hasn't been properly prepared. Ah, oh, but it's ochel nefesh. <laughs> exactly. It's ochel nefesh. But I have to properly prepare it. At least minimally be prepared for before Shabbos. If it's omeres lagalda beitzim, or it's a beitzim that's nolad, or if it's a base of the Hosei Mehem Afrochim, any of these things that are muksa, you can't use it from before, you can't use it on Shabbos and Yom Tov. You can't use it and you can't eat it. Moving muksa, that's something else entirely, nothing to do with hachana. Something that's not a clear, it's not an ochel, the chazal made a takana, that you can't move it because you might come to carry it. So if you're in a place where you can carry, you can move the muksa. That's how to explain the beginning of the Masech. That's the, that's the introduction to the halachas of muksa. Everything else from here on in Mamash is, is just a detail. You have to see, where, where does it fit into? Does it fit into the hachana element? If it's about eating and using and preparation, that's muksa type A. If it's about moving something that doesn't have a shame cleave, that's muksa type B. There's a muksa type C called the klisha malach the isram, and then we'll have to get to it as we go further, Sam. Type B, muksa type B. That's a very, very, very good question. That's a good question. That's a good question. Why should there be a problem if the whole reason of Tulta Muksa is Atu Hotsa and there's an air of there's no Hotsa, so what's the problem? 
It's like Yerushalayim, they had a, if you have, it says if you have dead doors at one point in Yerushalayim, you can carry your whole Yerushalayim because if you have these doors, you can probably, you know, set up a whole, uh, you know, if you hold up the flat Pashayr, there's no tilt looks uh, on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Right, it's a, it's a great question. The, the question's better than the answer. The question's better than the answer. The answer's like a little plug. They, they didn't allow it when there was an error. It's a good question. The question's better than the answer. I, I can't, you know, we still have a tilt of looks on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Even in a place where there's an Erev, up to a place where there's no Erev. Yom Tov, every place it's Yom Tov. So in every place, Hotzah's Mutter. So in every place, Hotzah's Mutter, tilt of mutter. To that they said tilt of looks is Mutter. But if you have an Erev here, but there's no Erev in Manhattan, so what, when I'm in Teaneck, I can move Muxa on Manhattan, I can't move Muxa. Tilt the is a problem even when there's an error. That was the low plug. Like I said, the question's a, a good question. And the answer is like, uh, you know, okay, that's the way they made the Takana. But uh, it's a very good question. Okay? Yashukach, thanks everyone for coming, and we'll continue, Mitzvah